Welcome to the Children's and Young Adult Novels Book Club, Cyan Book Club for short, where we connect you with the stories worth telling. I'm your host, Zach Whiting, and today is Short Story Saturday. This is where I read some of my own fictional works for your enjoyment, uh, where you can listen to this with your family, share them with those that you love, just short stories that are fun and meaningful. Well, without any more introduction, here is the short story for today. Mr. Cider and the Willow Tree The light of the moon spilled through the willow branches overhead. Mr. Cider watched them dance high above him as he walked down the path, silvery leaves crunching softly beneath his black boots. He was a tall man, very stiff, and he wore a deep green suit that was too short in places for someone his size. The truth was, the suit had fit him when he bought it, but he had grown since then. He never stopped growing. He adjusted his bowler hat and continued down the path until it opened up into a round glade with one massive willow tree at its center. This willow tree had golden leaves that shimmered like the wings of a million fireflies whenever the wind blew. Cider would have said it was a trick of the light, but he knew better. The leaves gave off their own light, but only to those they trusted. When the light touched his hardened body, a tingling sensation began to wash over him. It started in his cheeks, then moved to the back of his neck. It bounced around in his chest and then escaped down through his toes. He felt every bit of a hundred years younger. He looked up at the shimmering, weeping boughs above him and gave them a simple nod to say thank you. Then he jumped up and down and flung his arms around, letting every joint and bone feel the wonder of being young again. When he finally stopped dancing in the moonlight, he touched the striated bark of the willow tree and ran his hands along tiny mountain ranges of wood until he found a hole. It was a small hole, only big enough for a hand or a foot. He groped around inside it for a moment until he found what he was looking for, a little engraving that told him where to press. He pushed in the wooden button and felt a deep, muffled crack come from somewhere within the tree. Before he could step away, the middle of the tree had already split in two, both sides slowly creaking away from each other. The earth gave way to the enlarged tree trunk, and the forest all around shook and rustled its leaves in awe, until with a sudden stillness, Silence returned. A doorway into a tunnel had appeared in the tree, just tall enough for Cider to fit in without ducking. Cider grinned. He was afraid the willow tree wouldn't open for him, but it did, 
and so he went inside. The tunnel was dark, and it smelled like damp wood and dust. Cider had forgotten how deep the roots went, but when he stepped out of the tunnel and looked up at the cavernous ceiling above him, he realized he had descended very far into the earth. He stood in a large rectangular room with curious statues and motifs etched into the walls. All around him, other people like him walked about, minding their own business in this massive wooden antechamber. Cider made his way toward the opposite wall, pausing only for a moment by one of the statues. It was the figure of a thin man in a high-collared gown, with his hand raised to the sky. The face was blank, but Cider already knew who it was. He wondered if they had removed the face immediately after his exile, or more recently, perhaps because they knew he was coming back. When he reached the other side of the room, he saw the impression of two giant doors carved into the walls. No, not impressions. There were actual doors meticulously chiseled into the wall. As he approached, they swung open slowly on invisible, soundless hinges. The subtleness of their movement, however, did not go unnoticed by everyone else in the room. A hushed silence fell over the crowds of people, and Cider felt something he hadn't felt in a long time. The heavy gaze of a thousand people staring at the back of his neck. He quickly walked forward. The doors were still opening, but there was enough room for him to squeeze through, he thought. He turned sideways and shimmied between the doors. As he popped out the other side, a green button popped off his breastcoat and bounced with a dull thud on the raw wooden floor. Inside the doorway was another room, but it was smaller and round. As the massive doors closed behind him, Cider also noticed the room was terribly dark. Hello, he dared to say. The word bounced around the room and came back to his own ears, and he was ashamed of how afraid he sounded. He quickly forgot about that, though, when a dull, warm light appeared on the ceiling twenty feet above him. It flared bright for a moment, then faded to a dull glow. As it did, other lights began to appear, fading in and out like the first light did. More lights appeared, each adding to the canopy above him, until the entire ceiling was aglow with an orange, ambient light. Hello, said a low, gruff voice. Cider looked around the room, and in the orange light he saw three shapes that looked like thrones. Sitting in them, or more accurately, growing out of them, were three figures that looked like giant roots with spindly arms and tiny growths covering their lumpy bodies. 
The voice had come from the one in the middle. It was taller than the others, so tall that what Cider assumed was its head was almost touching the curved ceiling. Maya Siderton, the giant root said. What did you say, Elder Coro? asked the root on Cider's right in a shrill voice. It was hunched over with what looked like a patch of gray moss on its head. He said, Maya Siderton, Elder Gaia. Cider looked at the thin, twisted root on his left and realized the sound had come from there. The root shifted slightly to get a better look at him. And I think Elder Koro is right. Of course I'm right, Elder Moot. I thought we'd gotten rid of that troublesome sprout ages ago, whined Elder Gaia. You did, said Cider. But I'm afraid I'm as persistent as a weed. <laughs> he laughed awkwardly, but the roots remained unmoved. Why have you returned? asked Elder Koro. His tone implied he wasn't asking out of curiosity. Right, yes. Cider took a few steps forward and removed his bowler hat. As you will remember, I'm sure, I was exiled 100 years ago for, shall we say, disturbing the peace? Elder Gaia moaned in disapproval. Disturbing the peace, she quivered angrily. You broke a sacred oath to keep our tree folk safe. No one was ever in danger, replied Cider. But he was interrupted by Elder Moot. You brought a land dweller into our domain, the thin root said. You brought a human. Cider almost said they were exactly right. He had brought a human into the willow. But it was a harmless human. A little boy who was lost in the woods. Who just needed a warm place to stay for the night. But Cider didn't say anything. It was no use arguing with the elder roots. I ask you again. Maclemaya Siderton, Elder Koro said. Why have you returned? Cider took a deep breath. The boy has passed away from the living. I've spent the last hundred years making sure he never found our willow tree again. On occasion, he grew curious and sought it out, but I hid the path from him every time. Cider smiled, remembering all the moments he'd watched over the boy, all those days hiding in the shadows. Time moved so quickly for a tree, but these last hundred years were different. Watching the boy grow up, seeing just how much humans change in a matter of decades, it all made it seem as though every moment was to be treasured. He'd never known just how long a hundred years really was. 
he's gone now, which means he's no longer a threat to our people. That being the case, I would like to ask permission to return to the willow. The roots creaked as they turned to look at each other. Then they turned back to him. No. The word struck Cider with such finality that he couldn't tell which of the roots had said it, or maybe they had all said it at the same time. It wasn't a word you could negotiate with, but Cider tried anyways. I wouldn't do it again. Not ever. I swear. He tried to stop fidgeting with his hat in his hands, but he couldn't. I've learned my lesson, great elders under the willow. Please, forgive me. Elder Koro bent his towering form down and beckoned Cider to come closer. One hundred years, the root said, is not very long for a tree. I am sorry, young Ciderton, but you cannot come home. Not yet. Elder Koro returned to his full stature and gestured to the giant doors, which opened once more. One hundred years more, he said. Then you may return at last. Cider barely noticed the walk back to the surface. He had walked through the doors and out through the crowds of people, back to the moonlit glade above. The only thought in his mind were the final words of Elder Koro. He turned and watched the tunnel disappear into the heart of the willow tree. He put his bowler hat back on his head and walked down the path out into the world. He would have to wait another lifetime to dwell among his people again. One hundred more years with the humans that the Elder Roots so desperately despised. It seemed like an eternity to wait. After all, it was all the time that a human could wish for in a life. But Cider took one last sigh of relief as he looked up at the silvery leaves of the willows above him. Elder Koro was right. One hundred years is not very long for a tree. Well, that brings us to the end of today's story. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you want to read the written version of this story, you can head over to our website, which is linked below. There you will find all of our book review transcripts and our short stories that we've written up to this point. If you don't already, make sure to follow the podcast. That way you don't miss any future episodes. We try to post every other week with a short story and a book review every month, but we don't want you to miss any of it. Thanks again for listening, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.